I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Wim Lu. This episode, along with every episode of the Raptors Over Everything Podcast, is brought to you by our sponsor, KFC. So, so... I'm recapping the Toronto Raptors 84 to 76 loss to the Miami Heat and yes that is that's a final score in the modern NBA. Um the Raptors only scored 76 points. And I mean I don't know how many times I'm going to say it but the Raptors just couldn't shoot tonight. They could not shoot tonight. Like I mean this was literally the worst three-point performance ever in franchise history by the Toronto Raptors who shot let me just get this number exactly right. The Raptors shot 6 of 42 from 3, which is only 14.3%. Um, if you look back through the Raptors' history, so I looked back uh, in terms of the Raptors with at least at least 34 three-pointers attempted. This is the Raptors' worst three-point uh, performance ever. Just ever. <laughs> It's so bad, man. 14% is so, so bad. Before this, it was against the Pistons, actually, not too long ago. Um, when the Raptors beat them on the road, that was the game where Pascal got hurt, Mark got hurt, Norman Powell got hurt. But in that game, the Raptors shot 6 of 35 from 3, which is 17%. That's already bad enough. Uh, a year before that, the Raptors against the Wizards, uh, they beat them, but they shot 9 of 46 from the field, uh, from the three-point range, which is nineteen point six percent, and there's a couple other ones, you know, mixed in there. Like there was a loss to Houston last year where they shot ten of forty-six, so they missed thirty-six free th- uh, three-point attempts in that one as well. But my God, six of forty-two is literally the worst performance ever by the Raptors from three-point range, and uh, and that's honestly the whole game. Like I, I don't even know what else to say. I mean, uh, I guess I got to fill more time. Um. You're just not going to win like that, though. Like, you're just not going to win in the modern NBA like that. The defense is good enough to win. Uh, Raptors played really good defensively against the Heat. Uh, showed a lot of effort. Um, but, I mean, again, you can't miss 36 three-pointers and expect to win. It just doesn't work like that. Um, you know, one of the things that made this so strange, and it's such a difficult game to evaluate, is because you just probably will never see a repeat of this. Um, you know, like I, 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 there are people frustrated online. Trust me, I I'm frustrated too after watching that game. It's it doesn't leave you with a great feeling, especially because you're like, man, I just wasted like two and a half hours, um, watching the Raptors brick threes. But you know, people are frustrated online. You're like, you know, Raptors lost another top team, and uh, you know what's what's the deal there? And uh, there's point guards too small, and that one maybe there's something there, maybe. But, I mean, at the same time, it's just hard to evaluate some of these games, man. Because, like, how many times are you going to see Fred Van Vliet shoot 1 of 11 from 3 and Kyle Irish shoot 2 of 12 from 3? Right? Right there. That, that, that's where you lost the game. I mean, the other guys, they're going to miss some shots. Uh, Terrence Davis shoots 0 for 5 after hitting a bunch of 3s against the Cavs. Eh, okay. Maybe the Miami's defense is a little bit better than the Cavs. Stanley Johnson comes in and misses a 3. Whatever. That's Stanley. 
OG hits two of five. Not bad for OG, honestly. That's especially with the way he's been shooting recently. That's not bad. Serge Ibaka shoots 0 of four. That happens. I've seen Serge Ibaka shoot 0 of four a lot. But where the Raptors really lost this game is their two point guards shooting a combined three of twenty three from deep. And a lot of these were open looks. Like I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Like Miami's defense is good, but it wasn't like they were just jacking up shots. They were open shots, and with the team the way it is right now, they need their point guards to score. Um, and these are shots that I want them to take. Even though they were missing, I'm like, all right, I agree with that shot, I agree with that shot, and it's just like, man, they just missed. And, <laughs> again, I just don't know how you evaluate something like that because Fred shooting one of 11, it's just it's insane to me. It really is. Like, he is a really, really, really good three-point shooter. He's really money, especially when it comes to crunch time. Um, he got makeable looks tonight. Some of them he took a little bit deeper than he, uh, you know, like two, three feet behind the three-point line. But, again, those are shots that he makes. He makes those all the time. Um, and it was just it was just strange to see. And, and, honestly, you know, like the Raptors, I mean, you could take plenty of positives. Like Jimmy Butler only having eight points, two of ten shooting from the field. Pretty good. Like, yeah, he had 12 rebounds, seven assists, and two steals. But, like, that's a, he's a great player. He's going to impact the game. You're not going to neutralize him and meet. You're not going to erase him from the floor like Joel Embiid or something. Like, he's still going to have an impact. Uh, but you could be happy with limiting Butler to only eight points, especially considering Jimmy Butler scored eight points to start overtime in, like, about 30, 50, 30 to 50 seconds in the last time the Raptors played the Heat. So that you can look at as a positive. Um, you know, they neutralized Kendrick Nunn. Uh, three of fourteen from the field, you know, um, and just overall the defense was all right. I mean, you you went to the you went to the Heat's house and you leveled them to forty percent from the field, thirty two percent from deep. You only give up eleven free throws to a team that's so physical in the paint. That's all pretty good. That's all pretty good. But damn, damn the Raptors. I mean, offensively, it's just it wasn't there. I don't. I that's that's kind of the beginning and the end of it, really. Um. You know, the Raptors shooting so poorly really encouraged the Heat to play a lot of zone defense. Now, the Heat love to play zone defense anyway. Um, you know, they had a very, very uh, high-profile win against the um, Philadelphia 76ers by playing mostly zone. That one makes sense. The Sixers don't have a lot of shooting. Uh, and they do have players that are really going to get into the rim. So, um, yeah, they played zone. They, they beat them. Uh, I would say the Raptors were the first to do that. The Raptors definitely played a lot of zone. The Raptors beat the Sixers uh, in Scotiabank Arena early in the year. When again, Joel Embiid had zero points. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so the Heat, you know, they played a lot of zone defense. Uh, Spolstra's been a guy who, you know, historically, not just this season, but has played a lot of zone in the past. Uh, and, you know, they played a heavy dose of zone in this game. But honestly, when the Heat kind of realized, yo, the Raptors just can't hit any, any shots whatsoever. They pretty much played zone the entire second half. Starting lineup, bench lineup, transitional lineups, it doesn't matter. The Heat were going to play zone because the Raptors weren't going to be able to hit a three. And it became almost comical at a certain point. It was maybe a, a, a dark comedy, but it was comical at certain points. There, how badly the Raptors just missing. And, you know, they would run the same play over and over and over again. The Raptors, you know, they had the right idea against the zone. You want to get that ball into the middle of the floor, especially against a 2-3 zone. Get that ball into the middle of the floor. There's space for a guy who can catch it around the elbow to make a play, whether it's t- taking a hard dribble and going straight up and trying to make a power finish in, in, in paint or kicking it out to a three-point shooter or maybe swinging the ball around or something. But generally speaking, the Raptors had the right idea. Got the ball into the middle. And, um, 
Yeah. It's just, okay. They, they got a lot of open threes from that, and they just missed a lot of open threes. Again, 6 of 42. You're just not going to win a lot of games like that. Um, you know, in the first half, I thought Rondé was doing a pretty good job of it. Um, the results weren't there necessarily in terms of the made shots. Again, you got to make some shots. But uh, I thought Rondé did a good job of just, like, finding the open man um, and kicking it out and occasionally going up and, and trying to finish. And that, that's a little bit difficult because Miami has a guy like Bam Adebayo inside, which is he's a really, really good rim protector. So, you know, I don't know how many um, times you want to see Rondé going up for contested layups. But, you know, you got to mix it up once in a while. He, I thought he did a good job of that. And then the second half, you know, Nurse had OG Anobi uh, in that role with the starting lineup because obviously, um, you know, the well, not obviously, but Nurse switched his lineup again. Uh, in, in terms of the starting lineup, he put Rondé back to the bench and OG back into the starting lineup. So they just swapped what they did um, in the Cleveland game. But yeah, in the, in the second half, you know, OG filled that role of Rondé uh, in terms of just making plays in the middle of the floor. And like, yeah, there were a couple of nice sequences that came out of that. But for the most part, you got to hit shots. Like, I don't know. That's the whole podcast. It's just me saying you got to hit shots. Like the Raptors just miss so, so many threes. Um you know, and I don't even know what you do really. Like normally, I don't think you can zone that effectively against the Raptors um, because they're a very good. Uh, first off, they're a very good three point shooting team. I, I don't want to say that on a night like tonight because, like, yeah, they just missed thirty six three pointers. So I don't want to, you know, gas up their three point shooting that much. But like, if you look at it, coming into this game, the Raptors were fourth in the NBA in three point percentage, uh, and they were shooting in the high thirty thirty seven percent between thirty seven and thirty eight, which is pretty good. If they shot 37% from three tonight, they win the game, period. That's like another four threes. The Raptors win. Uh, maybe even more. I don't know. Actually, how much did they have? Well, four threes would actually only be 25%. Jesus Christ. Uh, well, anyway, yeah. So if they shot 37% from three, they probably win. Um, but, yeah, like, A, they're just a good three-point shooting team in general. So this is sort of a bit of an aberration. But then, B, um, when they have their healthy lineup together – it's just not a team you would intuitively zone that much um, because you have Marcus All, who is a zone buster, like the definition of a zone buster, a seven-footer who you can throw the ball into easily in the middle of the floor. See, that was actually one of the things that, that he did really well is that one of the unique things about their zone, it's a little bit like when the Raptors uh, put Pascal Siakam on the perimeter um, and have him guard wings. But uh, the Heat put a guy like Derek Jones Jr., who's about 6'8", really wiry, kind of like a Chris Boucher type. Um, but he, they put him on the, at the top of the zone, and it's so difficult to pass around him because he's just so athletic and so long. And he, he intercepted a couple passes. Raptors as a whole pretty efficient with their offense in terms of just, like, not turning the ball over. They did only have 10 turnovers. Um, but a couple of times, you know, Derek Jones did tip the ball away, you know, make it a little bit more difficult or just even straight up, not even force a turnover, but just m slow down the possession by, uh, getting into the passing lane or something like that. Uh, and if it wasn't him, it was Jimmy Butler out top, which, you know, another six, seven wing right there. So it's a little bit hard for some of the guys to, to pass the ball inside. Um, but I mean, none of that's really a problem against Mark. I mean, it's not hard to throw an entry pass. To Marcus Saul, like I could probably do that. You could probably do that. You know, it's he's seven foot tall. When he raises his arms, that's like eight feet plus. Throw the ball right there to his arm in the elbow area. I don't care. Even if you are Derrick Jones Jr., you're not tipping a lot of those passes. Um, 
So, I, you know, and once you get in the ball in the middle of the post, then Gasol is one of the best passers in the league. Uh, you kind of trust him to make the right play in that situation. Um, and, you know, Pascal is another great option in the zone. Uh, he definitely is a very good in terms of just catching the ball in the middle of the floor. A, he's a very good passer, but B, he's also just a guy who has a mid-range game and also could be a guy who, if you give him a bit of a space in, the, in, in that mid-range area with a foot inside the paint, he's just taking one foot inside and, and going, going up strong, finishing and drawing fouls like that. So I don't think zone is that effective against the Raptors when they're healthy. And then when you consider the fact that, you know, Norman Powell has been one of the Raptors' best catch-and-shoot three-pointers uh, players all season. Uh, and, you know, if you have a bit more shot-making, the zone's probably not going to be as effective. And if you have Matt Thomas in the game, I'm not trying to gas Matt Thomas at all. Like, you know, I'm not Alex, contrary to what other people might mistake us as. But, um, yeah, if you have Matt Thomas in the game, this guy literally shoots 50% from three. Like, you know, if it's him in the corner instead of Pat McCaw, I think the Raptors probably hit a couple more threes tonight, and it's a little bit harder to zone them. But whatever. The lineup is what it is right now. People are hurt. Uh, apparently, Matt Thomas has a reevaluation coming up next week on Monday. So hopefully everything's good. He's been shooting around and stuff like that. It's just on his offhand. Uh, hopefully, if all the tests check out, he can come back to the lineup and, I don't know, if teams zone him. <laughs> I mean, like maybe he can be out there and hit a couple threes. Um, but... But yeah, and but you know, I I don't want to also dismiss this game altogether because I think that'd be kind of cheap. Uh, it's it's a little bit too convenient to just say, oh, the Raptors missed all their shots tonight. Everything's perfect. They just you know miss, and it's a make or miss league, Doug. Like, hey, well, first off, it is a make or miss league, Doug. But also, I, I do think that there is some things that are are worthy of exploration, and I do think that it's not entirely a coincidence. That Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry shot like this against the Heat. Because if you look at the last game where the Raptors played against the Heat, Kyle, now special circumstances, Kyle was coming back from injury. Um, You know, that was his first game back. Didn't have his rhythm. Honestly, when you watch the way the game was played, uh, he had to force a couple of shots because Pascal wasn't really shooting it. Like, it wasn't as aggressive uh, as he normally would in the offense. Someone had to pick up the slack. Uh, And also, just Kyle looked out of rhythm because he had missed, like, you know, uh, almost a month with a broken finger. But in that game, when the Raptors played against the Heat, Fred Van Vliet, one of 11, and Kyle Lowry, two of 11 from three. So combined, three of 22 from three. And if you look at the game tonight, the Raptors, with their two point guards, they shot a combined three of 23 from three. Now, I mean... That can't entirely be a coincidence because these guys are pretty good three-point shooters. Like, um, you know, I, I think if you look at it, the one thing that scares me about the Heat in terms of the matchup is just um, they have a similar profile to the Philadelphia 76ers um, that gave both Kyle Lowry and especially Fred VanVleet, but also Kyle Lowry, uh a ton of problems in last year's playoffs. Now, I don't think we'll ever see Fred Van Lee play as bad as he did against the Sixers on a continued basis. Um, defensively, it was not bad. He, he defended J.J. Redick. But offensively, let's not rem- let's not forget that Fred Van Vliet in that Sixers series had three total-made baskets. All series. Um, and that was over seven games. Um, but anyway, the similarities between the Sixers and the Heat, I mean, they both are teams that, A, 
are really, really long. Like, just freaking long. Jimmy Butler's out there playing shooting guard, and the Raptors are guarding him with Kyle Lowry. Now, Kyle's gritty defender, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler did not get going tonight. Uh, you know, he had a couple of kick, uh, you know, mostly a uh, driving kick kind of guy tonight when he did try to shoot the ball. You know, tried to post up Kyle Lowry. One time he hit a post fadeaway, but, like, for the most part, he wasn't really taking a lot of great shots. Wasn't consistently able to get Kyle Lowry. Kyle stepped in for a couple of charges as well. You know, Kyle's a Kyle's a bulldog. Kyle's a competitor. Kyle can guard bigger players. But in a playoff setting, do I want to see Kyle Lowry guarding J- Jimmy Butler for X number of games? No, I don't. Um, and you just look at the size that he'd have. It's kind of... It's kind of intimidating. Also, the, the similarity between the Heat and um, the Sixers is that they're really, really, really good at protecting the rim. And they have that singular rim-protecting menace. Uh, for the Sixers, there's Joel Embiid, who is like a legitimate defensive player of the year candidate. And for the Heat, they have Bam Adebayo, who isn't really established at that level as a defender, but he is definitely, definitely a, a problem at the basket. <laughs> Uh, he's very physical, very athletic, has great timing, good instincts, um, you know, willing to play defense, willing to rebound. And it's just hard to expect Kyle Lowry and, and, Kyle, and Fred VanVleet, you know, with or without his own, uh, to even attack and go try to finish in the paint against a guy like that. It's just difficult. Uh, and, and when you combine that with the length on the perimeter, it's it's kind of the same. Like, who's the smallest guy in the Heat? Tonight, like it was probably Goran Dragic or Kendrick Nunn who played the point guard minutes. Those guys are six three. It's basically JJ Redick size. Like everyone else for the Heat is massive. And don't forget, they didn't even have Justice Winslow today, who's been sort of hurt for most of the year. I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but um, you know he's also a guy who's very physical and very large. Uh, and you just look at the rest of that rotation. It's it, it's it's tough. I mean, there are points of weaknesses to attack. Uh, you know, none is a rookie. Tyler Hero is a rookie. Uh, Duncan Robinson's a rookie. Um, you know, you can go at some of these guys a little bit. And, you know, and if Olenek's in the game of five, then, of course, you can kind of punish him like an Enos Cantor situation. But, you know, the way I'm looking at it is just like, yeah, it's just a bad matchup. Like, you know, I don't know. I've just – the last time I've seen Fred struggle this much shooting the ball against one team – and don't forget, now, in the two games now, he is 2 of 22 against the Heat. Um, last time I see him shoot, uh, struggle that much against one team shooting the ball is is against Philly. So, yeah, it's a bit of a concern. Um, now, how do you solve that? I don't know. I mean, I know people love suggesting putting Fred off the bench after a performance like this. I don't know. Maybe you get some thought to it. But I still think on the whole that Fred is just straight up a better player than Norm. And, you know, with everyone healthy, I'd still rather have Fred in there. But this is one of those lineups. And against teams like this, you probably do have to stagger your rotation a little bit so that you are trying to sort of not always be small. Because the Raptors looked super small against the Heat tonight. And, um, you know, that's something worth monitoring. But, you know, it's just it's just one of those games, man. Um, you know, uh, again, you shoot 6 to 30, 42 from 3, you're just not going to win a lot of games. It's a make or miss league duck, like. I mean, I mean, everyone hated when Dwayne Casey said that, but I mean, come on, man, six of forty-two. It's literally the worst three-point performance ever by the Raptors. That's, uh, yeah, that's reflected in the scoreline. I mean, they they scored six seventy-six points and shot thirty-one percent from the field and fourteen percent from three. Like that's just gross. Only had twenty assists as well. I'm surprised they didn't have twenty. I can't remember any good passes they had. 
In terms of the KFC bucket of the game, it's, uh, you know, in keeping with in keeping with the way this game was played, it's not a bucket. It's it's a block. It's KFC block of the game tonight. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was Rondé Hollis Jefferson in the fourth quarter getting up in transition vertical against Derek Jones Jr., who is uh, just a spectacular athlete. Like really, he's developed a little bit now that he's on the Heat, but like for the most part, he's a guy who comes in and dunks and people like that. Um, he's, you know, remember James White shout out James White on the, uh, on the, uh, on the Knicks. He's like, he's like Shannon Brown, basically a longer Shannon Brown. Um, but he can definitely get up there and finish. And we've seen that today with, with a great alley-oop. Uh, but Derek Jones Jr. went up for a hard dunk and in transition and Ronda made a spectacular play going vertical. Uh, and, blocking him so that was your kfc buck of the game and as a reminder the raptors over everything podcast is brought to you by our official sponsor kentucky fried chicken because you're a fan of buckets then you're a fan of kfc order yours at kfc.ca and get it before tip off i would i would have uh i would have felt a lot better watching this game with a bucket of chicken i'll tell you that much um so in terms of your three stars uh it's 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 a difficult task i'll tell you that much it's uh it's it's hard to you know it's hard to say a lot of guys had good performances um but you know if i have to i'm probably giving the first star to ronde 13.7 rebounds and assists a steal a block 29 minutes four of eight shooting from the uh, field five of six from the free throw line in 29 minutes off the bench I, I like what Rondé brought. You know, he's not the most ideal zone buster, but, you know, he did a couple of nice things. He, he played hard. He defended really well. I mean, he had a lot of shifts on Butler as well. And, again, Butler only eight points tonight, two of ten from the field. And, you know, Rondé made a couple of nice passes again, man. I wish people could shoot a three and hit him so he would have more assists and I could talk about those. But he had the right passes for the most part, did the right things. Don't hate what he did. So he's he's my first star. Second star, giving that to OG Ananobi. Uh, he had a really quiet first half. Uh, it, it looked like he was completely disappearing. Now, he wasn't really involved in the offense. Um, but still, you would like to see a guy like that, especially if you're more of a hustle guy anyway, you know, hustle and get yourself involved. And, um, you know, it, it, it took until the last play of halftime. Raptors swung the ball around after being getting to the teeth of the zone, kicked it to the corner to OG, who hit a three right at the buzzer. Of course, it did count, and that was, you know, would have been a shame if I got erased because the Raptors didn't have a lot of threes tonight. Uh, and that shot counted, and uh, it kind of gave OG a little bit uh, of a license to sort of be more engaged because in the second half, he came out an entirely different player. Uh, you know, it helped that he was featured in the zone. He was really physical, went up confidently on offense, you know, got the ball stripped from him once or twice. You know, I mean, his handle really is something he needs to improve a lot. It's the biggest thing holding back his game right now. Uh, but you know, the rebounding was there, 12 rebounds, um, you know, and you needed it tonight with, with the guys like Butler and, and Bam out of bio on the other side, you really need to grab those boards and OG did a pretty good job of that. Uh, and also three assists, two steals. He made right passes in the zone. He played well, he played well. Uh, and he, and he didn't definitely did redeem himself because honestly, if he played two quarters, like uh, two halves, like he did with the first half, he played a repeat of that in the second half. He probably going back to the bench. Like, um, so I'm happy that OG stepped up. And then third star, I mean, you can go a couple of ways here. I thought Kyle was pretty good, you know, stepped in for a couple of charges. 
Uh, but I mean, like, man, two of 12 from three, like, it's hard to reward that. So I guess I'll give it to Serge, even though reluctantly, I would say. But 19 points, 10 rebounds. You can't argue with the fact that he had 19 points. I mean, like, the Raps only scored 76. 19 is a pretty big percentage of that. Uh, and he had two blocks as well. I mean, defensively, I thought Serge could have been better. Now, it's hard to really complain about defense when you only give up 84. Like, the only other, like, if the Raptors won tonight, they shot a regular percentage and won. Nobody would be complaining about Sarge's defense. But there's a couple of moments in the game where you're just kind of left wanting. Um, it does seem like there are just plays that he would make uh, and buckets he would stop if he were more aware. But, alas, it is what it is. But 19-10 uh, and a night where the Raptors couldn't score, not bad from Sarge. Not bad at all. So those are your three stars. Uh, what a weird combo. Uh, in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award winner, that's got to go to Tyler Hero. Um, the rookie for the Miami Heat played 33 minutes off the bench, 13 points, four rebounds, three assists. But honestly, all you really need to know is that he had a personal 11 nothing run at one point in the uh, in the second half there to start the fourth quarter, and that just gave Miami that bit of separation because the Raptors were in it. They were they were trailing for most of the game, but they were in it. They were probably like down between five to six points the whole time. Then Hero starts getting hot. Then all of a sudden, it becomes like a 12-point lead. And at that point, it just felt like because the Raptors were missing so many shots, 12 points seemed insurmountable. Even though the Raptors just completed a 30-point comeback like two weeks ago, those 12 points seemed insurmountable on a night like this where the Raptors just like couldn't get anything going, man. They, I mean, again, they shot 6 of 42 from 3. This is, the, this is you know, some people want me to bring the Patrick Patterson Award back. I'm kind of good on it, to be honest. But uh, this team was a collective Patrick Patterson tonight, man. 6 of 42 from 3. That's probably what Pat was in his Raptor career in the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, it's a forgettable game. It's an unfortunate game. Um, you know, it's 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 uh, for pe- for people who enjoyed this game, the masochists that enjoyed this game, I have some good news for you. Um, the Raptors' next opponent is the Brooklyn Nets, and the Nets love the zone defense. They 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 probably play the, more, the most zone out of anybody last year, and they've been continuing to play a lot of zone this year. So... Uh, you can expect a lot more 2-3 zone. And if the Raptors shoot like they did tonight, I mean, oh, my God, people are going to be furious. But uh, chances are they'll regress positively to the mean. And um, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'll just call it right now. Raptors make 23s next game. Uh, but maybe that's just a fantasy as well. Because after seeing it tonight, holy crap, that was that was a bad performance. But they'll, the boys will bounce back. They'll bounce back. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to KC for sponsoring the podcast. And... I'll speak to you when the Raptors hit those 23s against Brooklyn. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, 
yahoofinance.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.